Welcome to the HR Chat Show, one of the world's most downloaded and shared podcasts designed for HR pros, talent execs, tech enthusiasts, and business leaders. For hundreds more episodes and what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit hrgazette.com. Welcome to another episode of the HR Gazette Wellness Edition. I'm your host, Nick Stiertz. Today, my guest is nutritional neuroscientist, Dr. Rachel Gao. Rachel, say hello. Hi, Nick. It's uh, wonderful to be invited on today. And thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast, Rachel. So please introduce yourself to the guests. I would love to. So my research background and training are in neuropsychology. So I am a neuropsychologist specializing in neurodevelopmental conditions such as ADHD and autism. I'm also a registered nutritionist under the category of science. I'm a recently published author of Smart Foods for ADHD and Brain Health, and um, I have uh, quite an extensive background in conducting clinical tr- trials in the field of nutrition and neuroscience over in Washington, D.C. at the National Institutes of Health, also known as the NIH, um, and also at King's College London. You're my guest today because you spoke at Wellness Festival. In under two minutes, please tell the audience about your session and some of the learning outcomes that took place. Yeah, absolutely. Wellnergy was a fantastic forum um, for everyone who wants to know more about wellness, because it's such a loose word. And what does wellness actually mean? Um, So I spoke in the nutrition tent about the role of nutrition in brain health. And I refer to brain health as opposed to mental health, because of course, the brain is an organ with biochemical underpinnings and nutrition impacts the brain at both molecular and cellular levels. You talked a lot about brain health and from that comes also nutrition and with this podcast being about wellness please can you tell us a link about nutrition and wellness absolutely um i think nutrition has pretty much been addressed from the neck down and the fundamental role of nutrition in brain health is often overlooked We know that there is um, a general consensus and understanding among consumers, particularly that what you put in your body impacts your body. And nutrition is often looked at in terms of prevention, um, especially in relation to the premature development of metabolic diseases, you know, cardiovascular disease, type 2 diabetes, obesity, stroke. So we know that what we eat obviously influences all those metabolic and bodily functions. However, the understanding, the fundamental understanding that what you eat also impacts your brain, your brain's health. 
um, in terms of how you feel. Um, nutrition basically impacts many processes in the brain, um, but in particular neurotransmission. So that's chemical messaging. And of course, neurotransmission underlies much of our everyday thoughts, behavior, actions. And so it's critical. It also occurs within milliseconds without us even thinking much about it. However, we have, it's estimated that we have in the region of about 100 billion neurons. And each of these neurons are coated in a myelin sheath, a fatty sheath, which is made up of an omega-3 fat called docosahexaenoic acid, also known as DHA. And what that does is it acts as an insulator around the neuron, making for faster and more efficient cell signaling. So it helps speed up our neuronal responses, which is critical because otherwise, you know, I often say to parents, um, having adequate omega-3 in the diet translationally is like a child or your child in the classroom listening to the teacher and um, the teacher's asking a question and the child understands that question, understands um, and has computed the answer and is ready to deliver the answer versus the child that is still trying to figure out exactly what the question was. So that's the difference translationally. We need omega-3. You know, the brain is the fattest organ in the human body. 65% of the dry weight of the brain and retina are made up of these specialized, unique, complex fats called lipids. Um, so they are dietary essential because our body cannot make them. And we know that nutrition doesn't just impact cell signaling, but also helps play a key role in the regulation, so in the control of other neurotransmitter systems, such as our serotonergic and dopaminergic systems in our brain. And of course, serotonin um, is the neurotransmitter that enables us to feel, to have that feeling of wellness. You know, we call, I like to call it stable serotonin um, because it doesn't give us the highs and lows um, that dopamine can cause, because dopamine is more transient and a lot of things can release dopamine, especially unhealthy things like gaming, you know, computer games in particular. Um, also things like nicotine, alcohol, obviously substances like cannabis, cocaine, all of these, and especially junk food, sugar and ultra processed foods. They can release that dopamine high and anything that releases dopamine um, can set us up for you know, problematic eating or problematic behaviors or that binge, um, withdraw, repeat cycle of addiction. Thanks for listening to this episode of the HR Chat Podcast. If you enjoy the audio content we produce, you'll love our articles on the HR Gazette. Learn more at hrgazette.com. And now, back to the show. Your other area of specialties. ADHD. And what can you tell us about ADHD in the workplace and how companies are reacting to it? Yeah, I think there's a lot more work to be done, but um, there's so much more in the public eye now surrounding neurodiversity and um, individuals that present themselves as neurodivergent. Um, I think HR could encourage uh, more training. Um, that would be absolutely ideal. So, for example, to invite professionals like myself who are considered world experts in ADHD to come along and talk uh, about the brain 
based differences and some of the behaviors, some of the struggles, some of the risks, um, and some of the, the help and support that can be offered to individuals of ADHD. I certainly don't think anyone with ADHD should feel embarrassed or ashamed. Um, you know, we know that some of these you know, neurodevelopmental differences can result in uh, creativity and superlative abilities that uh, neurotypicals may not possess. And that's why people like Google and Microsoft spearheaded recruitment campaigns to um, seek out individuals who are on the spectrum. They wanted them because they recognized their amazing abilities to um to you know, solve problems and for pattern recognition and to come up with creative solutions and their you know deeply analytical kind of skills. Oftentimes, people with ADHD are very deep thinkers and people with ASD as well. And you know, they present with um, often unique skill sets that are incredibly valuable. Um, you know, the person that invented the Sony Walkman was on the spectrum, and Sony didn't change that individual to fit the environment rather they changed the environment to fit that individual and they enabled him to come to work and to work nights because he couldn't do days and it's little tweaks like that I'm not suggesting for one minute that everyone should be able to work nights not not at all but what I'm saying is um our work environments are evolving. They are changing. Um, you know, I think Google really headlined this. You know, they created uh, a creative space, if you like, places to hang out, to discuss innovative ideas, um, changes. You know, how can we do things differently? You know, after all, you know, if all we've got is sameness, then it's pretty boring, isn't it? You know, we need difference and we need to celebrate difference. We need to celebrate different brains we need to understand different brains. We need to support, nurture uh, different brains. You know, oftentimes children are required. They're often like square pegs and round holes, you know, and they have, they've just, they've got so much creative energy and they're, all of that is being squashed and they're just, you know, they're surviving the school system, but they're not thriving. And we need to introduce, you know, the visual arts and and focus on other areas in which they may excel. I mean, if we look back historically, some of our greatest inventors and writers and entertainers and actors are people with ADHD. You know, Will I Am and um, you know Olympian gold medalist Michael Phelps and Simone Biles and you know there are so many we could be here talking all day about them. But yeah, we need to be much much more. Um, inclusive of people we we need to understand differences because they will be overlooked I mean people may present with kind of comorbid symptoms of depression and anxiety for example and that's not easily uh, recognized as being part perhaps of um, you know what comes of having ADHD they are more likely to also experience other symptoms and some people you know they don't recognize what I call these invisible symptoms. You know, we don't look at a person and think, oh yeah, they've got anxiety or they've got depression or they've got ADHD or they're on the spectrum. You know, I have a bit of a radar because I've been, you know, working intently, um, you know, with 
this community for several decades now. Um, but you can't expect an HR manager to, to to know, for example. So people should be able to disclaim, come forward, say, actually, you know, I've got a diagnosis of ADHD or I've just had a diagnosis. HR managers can create wellness days. They can encourage um, continued professional development. They can offer online, you know, fun, kind of quirky, perhaps, you know, um, presentations. They can monitor the length of those presentations. You know, TED Talks are 19 minutes for a reason. Is because, you know, the average attention span is around 19 minutes. So having, being able to break up people's days, having lots of short breaks, being allowing people to have, you know, headphones and listen to their favorite playlist as they're typing and as they're working. That's really important. It can help um, in terms of enhancing creativity and attention there are so many tools and as I said if anyone is interested in learning more do reach out to me I would love to be involved what are your top tips for maintaining a healthy work-life balance so there are quite a few um if you're struggling you might want to find out if you are nutritionally insufficient in key nutrients that facilitate uh neurotransmitter function so your iron iodine zinc selenium magnesium you might want to look at your vitamin d your omega-3 levels a lot of these tests now you can get online you can go to omega quant um, I have discount codes so people can email me perhaps or write to me on my social media platforms and I can, you know, happily give out discount codes. But find out what is your diet like? You know, my answer to everything is food first. Look at the food you're eating um, because, you know, there are some sort of foods, especially ultra processed foods, which um, hinder brain health. They're not helping your brain health and they can contribute towards low energy and fatigue and, you know, irritability, especially your gut. You know, the gut is really the second brain and um, most of serotonin is made in the gut and then transported via the vagus nerve into the brain. So if you've got gut dysbiosis, which is inflammation of the brain, or perhaps you are, um, feeding your unhealthy gut microbiome with you know lots of milk lots of dairy lots of sugar and you know that can create all sorts of problems so there's many things so look at your look at your food first what are you eating can I make changes and you can always make changes that's the great thing about nutrition it's so empowering because of course you can change your diet and that then changes your brain um, we're not stuck with the brain we have you know the the field of neuroplasticity has shown that with the acquisition of new skills, we can improve our brain's function. Also, sleep is so important. If you're struggling to sleep, you know, try having a magnesium um, bath before bed or some hot sort of steamy showers. Put magnesium salts into your bath. They're a muscle relaxant or drink um, a magnesium drink or take the supplements. That really helps. Um, if you really struggle with sleep, you can ask your GP to prescribe you melatonin which is, of course, a natural hormone secreted by the pineal gland. Um, and as we age, uh, the secretion of melatonin can be interrupted and it can produce less, which impacts sleep. People with ADHD often have sleep disturbances. <clears throat> so healthy eating, um, sleep is really important. Try and make sure that you maintain healthy connections in terms of friendships. That's super important. Don't bring your problems home with you. 
You know, it's very healthy to have a therapist nowadays, you know, someone that you pay to listen to you and um, can help, you know, help you with faulty thinking behaviors or, you know, faulty thinking patterns. They can help change that um, so that you don't succumb to that negative thought feeling loop, um, which I often talk about. Um, and I would say exercise because nutrition and fitness work in synergy to release our body's natural antidepressants. Um, and you know, there's wonderful endorphins, um, and flood your brain with brain boosting chemicals. Um, so make sure that you are exercising on a daily basis, whether that's yoga or a high intensity cardio workout like fight club you know um they all dance to drum and bass music and i'm a big fan of drum and bass (laughs) um or go cycling or you know the other thing is to help release the stable serotonin you know do things like watching a sunset or a sunrise you know do things like um let me think. Yeah, I think I think all of those actually collectively will really help improve mental wellness, your food, exercising, healthy connections, healthy friendships. You know, we have literally eliminate toxic people from your life that, that they're going to make you unhappy and don't bring your work home and make sure you get a good night's sleep and, and minimize alcohol and, and substances like that, which are a depressant. Um, and will make you depressed. Once in a while an event series is born that shakes things up, it makes you think differently, and it leaves you inspired. That event is Disrupt HR. The format is 14 speakers, 5 minutes each, and slides rotate every 15 seconds. If you're an HR professional, a CEO, a technologist, or a community leader and you've got something to say about talent, culture, or technology, Disrupt is the place. It's coming soon to a city near you. Learn more at disrupthr.co. So Rachel, for the next question, in one minute or less, how can leaders and managers set an example by promoting wellness initiatives and encouraging employees to prioritize their health? I think um, employers should definitely have a wellness day. Uh, I mean, ideally one a month, that would be incredible, where they bring someone into the workplace, maybe do something fun like you know cooking demonstrations or showing employees how to eat healthily to optimize you know not only wellness but also cognitive performance in the workplace there's so much we can do mindfulness meditation is absolutely key there's so much we can do to improve the function of our brain how can we utilize technology and apps to stay motivated and maintain a healthier lifestyle apps and smartphones are an amazing invention and thank you Steve Jobs and Apple (laughs) however we have to make um, technology work for us and make sure that we don't become overly dependent on a smartphone or app because anything that gives us a dopamine high which social media does for example when we post the number of likes gives us a little dopamine high Anything that can release dopamine uh, runs the risk of us becoming addicted to it. So we have to make sure that the technology that we use in our life 
uh, we maintain control over. And yes, there are certain apps like, um, you know, giving up drinking or eating healthier or fitness apps, which can initially help us, um, you know, become motivated. But really, at the end of the day, only we can motivate ourselves and the healthier we are and the fitter we are the more motivation um we will develop you know motivation is driven by dopamine so there are natural ways to release dopamine rather than artificially and we need to focus on that so if we get our brains working on a daily basis optimally as they should then we will have sufficient motivation to get us through the day however that is not the case in you know sometimes in conditions like adhd where they have depleted dopamine and they're always seeking um you know humans after all master manipulators of their brains biochemistry so we are wired to seek pleasure and avoid pain and you know we have to be careful that's all i'm saying that we don't become addicted to things that we think are helping us when actually all we have to do is help ourselves um you know the opposite of connection is addiction and we have to always be mindful of that that we don't get sucked in um with the screens you know i'm always advising parents actually to minimize their child's screen time because it can be incredibly unhealthy and lockdown was an example of how everyone's mental health suffered immensely um whilst they were using screens to communicate and that's not the same as reality you know we need we're humans, we're social creatures, we're wired to be sociable. Um, so yeah, so just watch your screen time. That's all I, I would say. You can learn to motivate yourself. There are tools and techniques and I'd be happy to share them with you on another occasion when we've got more time. Okay, brilliant. Amazing answer, Rachel. And yeah, it's been a pleasure having you on the pod today. Thank you for all the different answers you gave. And finally, how can the listeners connect with you? Absolutely. If you're interested in the field of nutritional neuroscience, psychology, um, I would say head on over to Amazon, get a copy of Smart Foods for ADHD and Brain Health. It really is a kind of a Bible of all things ADHD and brain health, but it is written um, for everyone. So you don't have to have ADHD to pick up the book. But I think I'm most active on Instagram. So do follow me on nutritious underscore minds, um, where there's enough information um, to kind of almost equivalent of getting through an undergraduate psychology or nutrition, <laughs> nutritional science uh, degree. <laughs> there's loads of free information on there, recipes, um, you know, mental health tips and and so much more. And it was a real pleasure, Nick. Thank you for inviting me on. And I look forward to attending Wellogy next year. Been a pleasure, Rachel. And yes, roll on Wellogy 2024. Thanks for listening to the HR Chat Show. If you enjoyed this episode, why not subscribe and listen to some of the hundreds of episodes published by HR Gazette. And remember, for what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit hrgazette.com.